why people stop improving. This is the third lesson in a week-long series on career improvement. After the series is done, Cal Newport and I will be opening our popular course, Top Performer, for a new session. You can check out the first and second lessons as well in case you missed them. The 10,000 hour rule, or the idea that it takes about that long to get really good at anything, became popular after Malcolm Gladwell cited it in his 2008 bestseller, Outliers. But does the research really show that all we need is 10,000 hours of practice to get really good? Eh, not quite. Anders Ericsson's work on deliberate practice was the basis for Gladwell's reporting of the 10,000 hour rule. Yet Erickson's research suggested a different perspective than the idea that simply doing something a lot led to reliable improvement. Instead, he found that stagnation, not progress, is the typical situation, and most people plateau far below their potential. Those violinists who went on to become great concert players, and those who became music teachers, for instance, did not differ greatly on the amount of hours spent playing. However, the top performers spent far more time engaged in difficult skill-pushing work, while the average player spent more time listening to music or just playing songs for fun. Similarly, research in medicine does not suggest that doctors get steadily better as they treat more patients. In fact, increasing experience might actually make doctors worse. As time elapses between their medical school training, they often become less effective, not more. Erickson found that the difference between growth and stagnation was a process he called deliberate practice. This meant practice under the guidance of a coach along with immediate feedback about your performance. Without this, performance stalls. Coaching plus feedback equals improvement. Coaching is often necessary because the ability to perform and observe one's own performance can rarely be done simultaneously. In dynamic skills like sports or surgery, Self-observation competes for limited mental resources needed for actually doing the skill, which is why we're often warned about overthinking when we're making a golf swing or a tennis serve. Thus, a coach acts as an outside observer for the skill to notice what we are incapable of noticing while we're doing. Even in skills which can permit reflection, like writing or mathematics, improvement depends on being pointed to the knowledge and methods that you lack. This, by definition, can't be the things you already know, so a coach can step in and provide it for you. Feedback is necessary because high levels of performance depend on subtle tuning of our skills. This tuning process is driven by reinforcement from the environment, which is difficult to do unless the feedback arrives quickly and correctly. How to structure your improvement environment. Making improvements in your work is easier said than done. While it's easy to envision coaching for a golf swing or a chess play, it's harder to see it when you're leading a team meeting or pitching a client. Indeed, the difficulty of managing the day-to-day -day concerns over the work is one of the reasons Anders Ericsson drew a sharp distinction between performance and practice. It's difficult to focus on improvement and learning when your entire attention is simply devoted to getting the job done. Yet there's an opposite risk of making your improvement efforts completely detached from your work. Unless you're certain you've isolated the exact skill that needs improving, it's easy to work on things that are actually irrelevant to your career capital. You can spend hours memorizing syntax, even though that isn't probably what separates excellent programmers. Or you can perfect your public speaking, even though knowing how to listen attentively may be more useful for leadership. How do you make progress then? Well, in Top Performer, Cal Newport and I argue that the key is the creation of a deliberate practice project. This is one that is designed to be skills pushing, 
So it should be on the edge of your comfort level, forcing you to raise the level of your craft or acquire a new ability. But at the same time, it should be designed to ensure you can get quick feedback and guidance so you're not flailing around aimlessly. Today's homework. Designing a good project takes some serious thinking, especially if it's going to be a project you'll actually complete and not just daydream about. But the starting point to any good project is to generate some ideas. So in the comments for the essay for this episode, write down one activity you could do that would improve an important skill in your career. In the last lesson, I'll move beyond talking about how you can improve your career and dig deep into why we should care about career improvement in the first place. On Monday, Cal Newport and I will open Top Performer for a new session. Thanks for listening to this episode. More episodes like this can be found by searching for Scott Young Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on most other podcasting apps available on your smartphone. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider rating my show as it helps other people find out about it. More of my work can be found on my website at scotthyoung.com.